So I was, um, I want to open this word. Look, I got a little bit of time to preach to you guys, but is it okay if I use some of my sermon time to just prophesy to you guys? I knew I'd have Jill with me. See, even if none of you guys say amen, Jill will say amen to me. I know she will. This right here, amen corner. This over here, amen corner. This is where all the worship team sits. And so, you know, I expect them to go nuts when I preach because I go nuts when they lead. Right? Right? You know, you know what I like about our worship team? They worship when they're not leading. Like, I don't know if you guys saw, Ben is one of our worship leaders. He was right here in the front singing his heart out. And I like that. I really like that because I don't want anybody to lead worship for us that doesn't worship when they're not leading. Right? Because, you know, we don't just worship when we get on stage. We don't just worship when we come to church on Sunday. Our worship is our lifestyle. How many of you guys know our worship is our warfare? Every now and then when you're going through something, you know, you don't need to call everybody on your favorites list and ask for a word. You just need to worship. And you need to transform your vehicle into the secret place and just get down. I don't care what you got to do. Pull up YouTube. Listen to gospel music or whatever you like to listen to. I like to listen to gospel music. When I get down on myself, I, you know, I just turn on a message from the potter's house because I like T.D. Jakes. And, uh, you know, I get turned up and I just worship myself into a breakthrough. I slay my own spirit. I lay hands on myself. I encourage myself in the Lord. Have you guys ever done that before? Just lay hands on yourself. You just say, I will align with the God-given destiny and the identity over my life. I will not suffer defeat. I will walk in victory. I will walk in victory. And, you know, there's something about when the Word of God says that we go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. How many of you guys know that means it's always getting better? But unfortunately, I feel like the enemy has tried to sow a seed of confusion concerning seasons of life. And so we look at it like we're going to have one season that's good and then another season that's bad. And that if we have a season that's good, that means we're equally going to have a season that is bad because that's just the way life is. And so many of us live our lives like that. If we have a good season, we expect a bad season. Or if we have a bad season, we say, man, I hope it gets good soon. I hope I'm in transition, especially charismatics. We love to talk about transition. If you're charismatic in here, you know, we all, we're always in transition, you know, right? It's a new season. It's a new day. And, and there is something to that. We go through bad stuff. We're not pretending like we don't go through bad stuff. But I feel like that what God is doing with our local church in this season, in this time, is not just pushing us into a season of victory, but he's giving us a mindset of victory. If you want to take notes or tweet this out, I want to invite you to do that because I'm telling you, I feel from God for our church that he's not just bringing us into a season of victory. He's giving us a mindset of victory. Now, I used to play basketball. Growing up, I played basketball. I used to play for this team called the Nike Elite Kentucky All-Stars. 
years, right? And then these guys were good, man, way better than me. On my team was Rajon Rondo. I don't know if you guys follow him. He's a great NBA uh, point guard. We played together in high school. We're on the same team. Well, this was my traveling team. So, so I, played, I played for Nike in the summer, right? So we traveled around all over the U.S. and we played. And we played against top college prospects. And those guys were good. Those guys were tall. And those guys were strong. I was from a, uh, a village called Sacramento, Kentucky, all right? And uh, in, my, in my entire town, we had 600 people, okay? And, and one stoplight in the entire county. We also had a subway, not a subway system. We had a subway restaurant, the only restaurant in the entire county, okay? So my graduating class was 104 people. Here's my point. At my home uh, school, uh, my home team where I played regular seasons, played basketball, I was pretty good. I could dominate. I could take the ball. I'd cross people up. I'd take it into the lane and I'd give it one of these right here just to do, you know, beautiful Magic Johnson finger roll. Just, just, just put the stank on it, you know. I don't know. I'm trying to do something like Carl Malone or, you know, like just a beautiful finger roll, you know. And, and I could finish. You know, that was, that was kind of my calling card. I was really small, I was really light, and I wasn't very strong, but I could finish, man. I could, you know. So then when I started playing Nike, I started traveling in the summer. Man, we played against these guys. Man, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, seven foot in high school. I had one guy on my team, seven foot one in high school from Russia, you know. And, uh, and you know, I had the talent. I had the talent. The talent was there cross people up and man I remember the first time I took it in I started playing Nike I took it in man I, I was ready I was ready I had my I had my elbow out I was ready to do that finger roll man Magic Johnson style you know just it was almost like slow motion it was so beautiful poetry let me tell you seven footer bow get that out of my house you know I, I realized real quick I wasn't in uh, Sacramento, Kentucky anymore, you know, and, and, and I, I felt confused because I thought, man, I'm talented enough to get up here. I'm talented enough to put the ball in the bucket, but this guy just blocked my shot, man. I was, see, I was in a new season. I was in a different place. And the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is because talent so oftentimes will bring you into a new season, but unless you shift your mindset you will not be able to be victorious in that new season. Just because I could score doesn't mean I did score because I had to shift my mindset that the way I scored needed to be different because of the new season that I was in. And I want you guys to know you've gone from glory to glory. You're in a good season. And even if you're feeling resistance, it's not because you don't have the talent. It's not because the grace is not there. It's not because you're not anointed. But the Lord wants to shift your mindset to what you think is resistance is actually an opportunity for him to show himself strong. So talent may have got you there. But there's a mindset shift that you are called to live in victory, that you don't go from seasons of victory to defeat, victory to defeat, victory to defeat, but you go from victory to victory to victory to victory to victory to victory because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of your testimony. You are an overcomer. So if we could shift our mindsets, Lord, 
is what we pray today, don't we guys? We pray, shift our mindset, God, because we wanna see you rightly. And, and I'm praying this over you guys. I want us to see Jesus rightly. When we lose focus, when we lose clarity, when we don't see Jesus rightly, we tend to give in to the resistance of the new season, thinking that it's a failure or that it's, that it's defeat. But if we can get a clear picture of who Jesus is and where he is, seated at the right hand of the Father, on the throne, in charge, as King, as Lord of Lords, then we'll walk from victory to victory to victory. I don't know if you guys are with me today. It's okay. I brought my own Holy Ghost. So you don't have to get with me if you don't want to. I'm just going to preach like you guys are on fire. So... Yeah, just, just look at the person next to you and say, I'm on fire. And you, if you want to, you can give them some spirit fingers. <laughs> Y'all ready for 4th of July? Y'all ain't ready for a message today. We might, we might just call a praise break. We might just have Junior come back. I'll dance. We, last, week, last week, I danced, man, and, and I wish I had a handkerchief. Because I would have did, yeah, my wife has one because it was fun. It was, how many of you guys were here uh, last week? We talked about the goodness of God. And uh, we want to go a little deeper with that this week, talk about the goodness of God. But man, God is so good. God is good. All the time. Yeah, you guys know that. We, we talked about that a little bit last week. That's something we say. But do we believe it? What happens when something bad happens in our life? You know, what takes place in our mind when, when we experience tragedy? Is God good? Is he truly good by way of our experience? Or do we just confess this as a Christian slogan? Is God really good? I know you know he is. But I don't want you just to confess that. I want you to experience that. The rich goodness of God being poured out on your life every single day. An experience of God's true nature, who Jesus really is, what he is really like, that you would experience that every single day, that you would not suffer defeat, but no matter what comes against you, that you would go from victory to victory to victory. Not because the situation is good, but because your God is good. I'm preaching 22% better and you guys are saying amen, but that's okay. We're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. I'm going to read, uh, read from the King James, okay? I don't know that I've ever done that before in, uh, in the last few years, but I, I want to read from the King James um, because of a, another slogan, all right? We, we withdraw another slogan uh, from this passage and you guys will have it up here and we'll read it and you guys you guys will know this um, it's Luke chapter 2 verse 8 through 14 you guys ready okay my wife is ready you guys ready awesome here we go for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior and I like the king they spell it like the Australians a, a savior and oh my bad my bad happy Canada day um which is Christ, my bad. Which is Christ, you guys finish it. 
the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, man, this would be a sight, right? See a, see a, uh, yeah, it's okay. You can go to the next one. You, you just imagine all of these, all of these angels showing up in the sky. And, and they say this, this is the angels talking. They say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. You guys say this last line with me. Good will towards men. So I, I want to preach to you guys um, and good will towards men. That's what I want to preach this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are good. And we ask you to show yourself good today, God. We ask you to be with our family members who couldn't be here today due to... Um, loss in their life. We're, we're praying for Philip and Naomi Jansen this morning as, as they received terrible news that, they're, that they've lost their unborn child. And we pray for them this morning. We ask God that your peace and that your goodness would surround them and would comfort them. In your mighty and powerful name. Amen and amen. And everyone said amen. amen. Peace. Everybody say peace on the earth and goodwill towards men. This really is another slogan. Um, we, we say God is good. That's a slogan. It's a bumper sticker statement. But you know, this really is a slogan as well. You know, and goodwill towards men. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. I always grew up hearing this around Christmas time. What about you guys? You know, always hear this around Christmas time. You know, um, we, we say God is good in church and we say peace on earth and, and goodwill towards men around Christmas time. And it's great because everybody knows it. And, and, you know, we put it on our ornaments. You know, we get out our glitter pins and we bedazzle uh, our trees. And, and we, we write things like peace on earth and, and goodwill towards men, you know. And it's, and, it's, and it's an amazing slogan. It's an awesome thing to say around Christmas time. But do you know what it really means? Have you ever thought about the context in which it was given? Is it really true for you in your life, in your day-to-day -day experience? Do you receive peace from Jesus Christ? And do you know that God's will towards you is good? So oftentimes, like I mentioned earlier, when bad things happen, we think God must be angry with me. God must be punishing me. God must be pouring out his wrath upon me because I'm a terrible person and I've sinned terribly and I'm, I'm just, I've got so much shame and I've got so much guilt and God just hates me. I know that we say that God is love. I know that we grow up learning that Jesus loves you, but that can't be true for me. Surely there can be no peace for me. I don't see any goodwill towards men for me. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I've been there a handful of times in my life. How about you guys? God must not like me. This can't be true. But see, this, uh, this announcement, which is really what it is, it's not a slogan at all, guys. It's not even a statement. It really is truly an announcement. Uh, on the day that Jesus Christ, we said, our Lord, right? The King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. On the day that he was born, heaven was so happy. You know, I can see the angels. They're on their tippy toes, you know, looking out over the earth. What's happening? What's going on? Can you believe it, man? Look, God wrapped himself in flesh in the dressing room of Mary's womb. This is amazing. <laughs> Wow, look, he's born in a, 
in, in a manger. He's been placed in swaddling cloths. Like, this is awesome, the humility of God, the birth of the Savior of the world. You know, this is the Messiah. This is the prophesied one. This is the long-awaited one. He's been born, you know. Heaven was so happy it couldn't help himself, you know, help itself. They sent this big band of angels, and they, they came around some random shepherds, and they're, you know, they're, they're singing, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. It's not just a slogan. It's not even a statement. It's an announcement that the world itself is changing, that the season is shifting. You're not going to have to go from victory to failure, from failure to defeat, to maybe a good, maybe a bad season. Maybe it's okay. You're going to go from glory to glory because the son of God has appeared. God has manifested himself to the earth. And here's the good news. He's not coming just to judge you or beat you over the head with the law. He's coming to bring peace on the whole earth and goodwill to all of humanity. It's not just men, right? It says to men, but it's all of humanity. And that's the announcement that the angels are making. Hey, listen, this is the gospel. This is good news. That baby is not just a baby. That's the very son of God. And here's what he came to bring. Peace. Everybody say peace. 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 (laughs) Spirit of Mike Tyson jumped on me. Peace. 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 Now, here's the other thing goodwill. Goodwill. Everybody say goodwill. Goodwill. Towards? Towards. Make it personal. Say me. Me. Breathe that in. Woo. Goodwill towards me. Look at your neighbor. Say goodwill towards you. Goodwill towards you. See, see, this announcement shifted everything. It, it, it shifted the seasons. It turned the tides. It was, it, was, it was a game changer announcement because for thousands of years, people have wondered, what is God really like? You know, I, I hear about God, you know, but I'm not necessarily passionate about knowing him on a personal level because I go to a priest and I bring my sacrifice and they interpret the word of God. There are no Bibles. There are no home Bibles, no big, you know, fat Bibles open on people's mantles. They have to go to church. They have to go to the temple. They have to go to the priest to interpret the word. There's no widespread passion to know God on a personal level. You know, they don't know what God's really like. They've, they've waited. You know, they've heard prophecies. They're, they're hearing about what God is, is, is like through people, but they're still scratching their head. They're confused. <coughs> What's God really like? You know, is he good? Is he as good as he's been prophesied about? Or is he angry with us because after all those people just died, uh, died something terrible just happened? Like, is, is God mad? You know, the prevailing mindset on God was, you better keep him happy or else. He's coming to get you. That's the prevailing mindset. You know, so everybody just thought, hey, man, I got to keep up with my religious practices so I can keep God pleased so I don't get any trouble with them. But see, that's not the announcement that the angels came to make. And that's not the relationship or the covenant that you've been called into. That you don't just do religious service because you're trying to please God. (coughs) but that God is already pleased because of his son, Jesus Christ, and the blood that was poured out on the cross for you and I so that he could take delight in humanity once again. And whether you know it or not, God longs to experience you as he longs to be experienced, which is in a good, good, peaceful way. And that's what the announcement was. They said, hey, you've always wondered what God was really like. Well, here he is. Here is God. 
You've always wondered what the nature of God was. You've always wondered, you know, how God treated people. You've always wondered how God felt about humanity. Well, here it is. Here's his message in flesh. Jesus. Jesus is what God has to say. Jesus is what God has to say. When, when, when God was ready to reveal his true divine nature to humanity, he sent his son, Jesus. He said, here's what I got to say. You've been wondering about my nature. You've been scratching your head. You've been curious about what I'm really like. Here's what I'm really like. Jesus. Jesus is what God has to say. People thought maybe, you know, God is condemning. Maybe God is hurtful. Maybe God tears his people down. Maybe God gives people cancer. Maybe God creates storms around people's lives so that when things are going bad, they get worse because he wants them to repent. But Jesus never did that. Jesus never gave anybody a disease. Jesus never gave anybody cancer. Jesus never said, oh, the storm's going, crank it up because they really need to know how good I am. <laughs> you guys ain't with me today. But so oftentimes that's what we think about God. Oh man, I'm in a storm. This must be God. He's trying to show me, you know, that I need to repent and depend upon him and how good he is and how merciful he is. You know, that's about as absurd as, uh, you know, me um, abusing my kids so that they could learn about how merciful I am. How deranged would I be if I allowed that to happen? Or, you know, people say this, well, you know, God didn't cause me to get a disease, but he allowed it. If I allowed you to torment my kids, I would be locked up for child abuse. And yet we think that this good father just allows us to be distraught and destroyed by other people so that we can learn about his mercy. Would I allow you to hurt my children? so that then I could prove to my son how qualified I am to reset the bone of his arm after you broke it? Are you guys with me on this? But see, these are wrong beliefs that make our way into our worship about God. God is a good father. He's a loving father. And this announcement was the proof to humanity of what God was truly like and what God came to bring to the world. Through his son, Jesus. Now, if we don't get this, if we don't shift our thinking, if we don't repent, if we don't believe that God is good, truly good, then we will not experience God in the way that he longs to be experienced. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't need a mean and angry God. I need a good God. And I don't know about you guys, but the world doesn't need another mean or angry sermon. They need a good God to tell them about his love and tell them about his grace and tell them about his mercy. People have been condemned and accused and put under shame and the weight of guilt long enough. What if they were told instead, hey, not about the judgment, but it's about the freedom through Jesus Christ. You know why we misrepresent God so often? Because we don't see God rightly as he is. And if we don't see God rightly, we cannot represent him to the world. If we see him wrongly, we'll misrepresent him to others. And if our God is angry, guess what kind of Christian you'll be? Angry. You'll be picketing. You'll be doing the Westboro Baptist. Thank you, woman of God. You'd bless my life right there. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? You know, if, if we don't see God rightly and we see God as being angry, we'll be, um, we'll be angry and, and we'll be arrogant. Yeah. Right. When we don't see God rightly, we're, 
write this down. Angry, arrogant, and acquisitive. Because one of the most popular beliefs about God that makes its way into our worship that is wrong is, is that God is like Amazon.com, man, one click. So the only time we pray is when we're trying to acquire. But if we knew that God was good, if we knew that his nature was good, we wouldn't treat him like an ATM. We would crawl up in his lap like a good father and say, man, this is a place of my trust and security. I know I'm not gonna get condemnation here. I'm gonna get love and affection, which is gonna bring me into that new season of goodness of my life. And that's what the announcement was about. God revealing his nature and, and letting people know, hey, this is what you can expect to receive from God. You don't have to be confused anymore about what God is like. God is like Jesus. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. This is not a new statement. This statement's been around for 2,000 years old, but let me ask you this. Is your thinking, is your daily thinking, your daily thought process consistent with this statement? That, that God truly came. He sent Jesus so that you could have peace and, and goodwill. Do you believe that? Do we really believe that? If we don't shift our thinking, we won't experience God in the way he wants to be experienced the most, which is good. You guys say it with me, good. You guys ever read this scripture before? I'm sure you have. John 14 and nine, it says, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And you still do not know me? You know, I, put yourself in that story. Have you walked with God so long, but you still don't know him? Is he not good? Then, then we're Philip in the story. If, if we don't experience God as being good, we may have walked with Jesus for a number of years, but we still do not know what God is really like. We still do not understand the true nature of God. We still do not understand the disposition of Jesus, which is to bring peace and goodwill. Jesus is, you know, telling his disciples about everything that's going to happen. And they're like, what? Like, there's no way. What are you doing talking about the Father? You're talking about God. You're talking, what? Yeah, just show us the Father. And Jesus is like, you've seen God when you've seen me. I and the Father am, we're one. So if you ever wondered what God was like, have you ever wondered what the Father was like? If you've ever wondered what Yahweh was like, Adonai, our creator, all we have to do is look at the person of Jesus because Jesus is perfect theology. Have you guys ever heard that statement before? Uh, Papa Bill makes that statement all the time. Bill Johnson from Bethel Church. Jesus is perfect theology. What is theology? Theology is the study of the nature, by say nature, nature of God. So if Jesus Christ is perfect theology, you know what that means? Any questions we have about God's nature, all we have to do is study Jesus to get the answer. I can't, are you guys thinking, are you, is this a thinky Sunday? Is this a deep, is this a, 
So, so, okay, so thoughts, you know, thoughts creep in, you know, the enemy sows seeds of, of doubt and division and confusion about what God is really like, and, and he tries to uh, accredit God with all of the pain and poverty in our lives. And that's probably one of the big, biggest battles that you will ever face as a Christian is the belief that God is good and to stay grounded in that belief your whole life regardless of what happens to you. Because when bad things happen to us, what do we tend to do? Ah, God's not really that good, right? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I've experienced that. But what God wants to do is bring us into a different place of understanding his goodness and that peace and goodwill is towards us despite what happens to us. To not listen to the enemy when he says, ah, yeah, see, God did that to you. Say, nah, that didn't come from God. That came from you and I'm calling you out and I'm standing on the goodness because I'm gonna let that goodness dictate the size of this storm. So oftentimes we allow the size of the storm to dictate our, you know, our definition of God's goodness, but we got to let the size of our definition of God's goodness determine the size of the storm. We say, uh-uh, no way, not going to happen. You know, sometimes we, we, we go through a bad week, you know, and instead of standing in the front like we always do, we go to the very back row. Well, I ain't going to worship this week. I'm tired. It's bad. Man, God ain't good. But when you have a revelation that God is good, when you understand it, when you've, when you've repented, you know, God changed my way of thinking. I want to see you rightly. When you know that he's good, despite what comes against you, you don't allow your circumstance to dictate your worship. You allow your worship to dictate your circumstance. I'm going through something bad. I can't worship today. No, because you're going through something bad, you should worship bigger than you ever have because that's going to diminish the impact of the something bad. Somebody needs to do a victory lap. I don't know. Am I helping you this morning? God is a lot better than you think he is. And his nature is good. He, he has peace to give you today. He has goodwill to give you today. How many of us, how long have we walked with him and still not truly experienced, still not been anchored in this reality that he is good and that there's peace for us and there's goodness for us. This is what Jesus came to bring. I want to read one more passage of scripture over you and, and we're going to worship and Brian, I'll have you go ahead and come. But Matthew 7 and 11, this is, I, I, I love this passage of scripture because I love to relate to God as father. I, I really do, honestly. I had a really good father growing up and, and uh, some of you guys heard this story last week, but um, I had a great dad growing up. I really like, my dad is my best friend, aside from my wife and Jesus, obviously. But my dad was the best man at our wedding. And my dad's a pastor, okay? He, 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 I know, it's sweet, right? It's, we're, we're super close, and we even share a blanket when we watch movies. And I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just joking. Um, like, man, my pops, man, he's the one who taught me how to shoot hoops, you know? My pops, you know, taught me how to play catch. You know, I still can't throw a football like my pops. He, he, he's, he's an awesome guy. I, I can't preach like my pops, you know, but I'm, I'm catching up. You know, he's, he's an awesome man of God, and, and I love my dad dearly. And, and even though he's a pastor, we didn't have him officiate our ceremony. You know, I felt like that it was more appropriate to have my pops stand up with us and be my best man, you know, because that's, that's kind of relationship that we have. And, you know, so... I remember when people were talking about the orphan spirit and the spirit of adoption and coming home and seeing the father rightly, seeing God rightly as being good, that his nature is good, that he has peace and goodwill for you. 
And, and I was in a class setting and, and people were talking about that. And I thought, man, I don't know, maybe this day isn't for me. Everybody's getting inner healing and, and uh, you know, talking about their dads. And I'm like, man, my dad's good. My dad's pretty good. He's pretty cool. You know, and I, and I, I was taking a walk after class and I was praying, God, you know, I, you know I, I, I don't know if I'm not getting it, if I'm not seeing it, if this is not exactly what I'm supposed to learn. And, and God spoke to me. He said, hey, Lyle, you have a good dad. But here's what I want to show you, that I'm way better than the dad that you have. The dad that you have is not even comparable to the goodness that I have for you. Even though he was good, it's still not a valid benchmark for how good I want to be to you. I gave you a good dad. That's awesome you had that experience, but we're going above and beyond because everything he is, I am greater. I am more. And as good as he's been to you and as forgiving as he's been to you and as gracious as he's been to you, every time my mom kicked me out, my dad let me back in. I was a bad kid, by the way. You need something? Okay, man. Oh, thank you. Give me a hug, Quentin. Love you, bro. Oh, God bless you too. Love you, man. All right. Keep me in your prayers. You got it, brother. I love Quentin. Quentin Quentin is my friend. I'll tell you his story in a little bit. He came in to give us an offering, which is a a, a major deal if you know his story. Yeah. He, when we were uh, remodeling in here, I'll, I'll finish the story about my dad. You guys got time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. That was most of you, so I'm going to tell the story. So one day, um, <clears throat> we were in here remodeling. I had the whole place tore up and everything. And, and I was downstairs ripping up some carpet and... and um, Somebody said, there's a, there's a guy here. He, he's a big guy. I'm, I'm kind of scared of him. He's, at, he's looking for the pastor, and he seems upset. And I, I walked up, and, and Quentin was sitting right here, actually, sitting right there on the steps. And he had his, he had his head in his hands, and, and I said, hey, man, what's up? You know, what's going on? And he wasn't mad. He, he was really sad. Uh, he had had open-heart surgery just a few weeks before. He was homeless and have a place to stay. And everything that he owned uh, was in his duffel bag right there beside him. And he said, ah, you know, I had a friend, but they just kicked me out and they just emptied all of my clothes and my duffel bag and everything out on the street. I don't have anything. And I'm just here and all I got is my duffel bag. I don't know where to go. I, I was over here at the Burger King parking lot and I looked up and I said, there's a church there. Maybe somebody in there will help me. I said, yeah, man, we'll help you. What's up? Like, what, how can we help you? What do you need? He said, I, I need a place to stay. I need, I need some food. I, I, just, I need some prayer. I, my family's not around. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where to go for love. Like, I just, I've been, I'm kicked out. I said, bro, we're going to help you. How can we help? I sat down with him, and we prayed together for a little bit, and he asked if I could hold on to his duffel bag. I said, sure, but you got to let me look inside first because I don't want to say yes to just anything. So we, we held on to his duffel bag and, and um, <laughs> Quentin would call me every now and then. I'd always, I always took his phone call too, which for those of you guys who call me every now and then, you know that's a miracle. <laughs> I got about 200 unanswered texts on my phone right now. And uh, I, just something about it. Every time I saw his name pop up, I just answered it. I thought, if not me, then who? Who's going to be a, a light? to Quentin who's going to love this man so we we would talk and we'd have conversations about the very thing I'm preaching to you guys today 
If God is so good, why do I get open heart surgery? If God is so good, why is my health so bad? If God is so good, why did my family reject me? If God is so good, why did that girl empty out my clothes over there in the Burger King parking lot? If God is, you really think God is that good? And yeah, I preached to him, little sermonettes. And he said, okay, pastor, thank you. And I, I, I didn't see him for a while. He ended up calling me. He was in another city. He said, man, can you buy me a bus ticket? I, I'm, I don't have anything. I said, yeah, man, we'll get you home. And every now and then, uh, Quentin will pop in. And one day we talked. I said, man, we should go to lunch. And he said, you would go to lunch with me? I said, of course, and you can even pick the place. And I'm picky, so that's how you know I like you. And he said, could we go to, what did he say? Could we go to Piccadilly Cafeteria? Because they got all you can eat and the best desserts. I said, I'll go wherever you want to, bro. You're my family now. We're, we're brothers. So now he, he pops in. This man has a great job. He came in and gave a $50 offering. Look what God has done. Being broke, broken, not knowing where to turn, but turning to Jesus. And seeing this man getting strong, he comes and he smells good, he dresses nice, and he always wants to give in the offering. I say that sounds like somebody who knows where they came from, who remembers where God brought them from, who knows who God really is, and counts it a privilege to pour out who they are in worship back to Jesus. Hey, if you didn't hear anything I said today, that's okay. If you just, if you just saw Quinn, that's good enough for me. Because people are the best messages. And we can preach about God being good all day long. But unless you walk out of this place and you experience God's goodness on your own, we hadn't repented enough. We need to change more. We need to ask God for help more. We need to depend and throw ourselves at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, help us to see you rightly because I know that you're good. I believe you're good. I confess that you're good, but I want to experience that you're good. I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not enough for me to just look at the menu. I got to taste and see. I got to experience. I got to see it. I got to, I'm tired of hearing about it. Hey, so here's uh, Matthew 7 and 11 as we close. It says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Everybody say, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good? Everybody say good. good. Things to those who ask him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny that, that Jesus calls his audience evil. And it doesn't seem very nice, does it? Jesus wasn't being mean. He was just being real. He said, hey, you guys need a savior. You're sinners. And even in your sin, you know how to take care of your kids. Even you guys, that's what he's saying. Even you guys here, even you over there. Yeah, Pharisee, pretending like you're not listening because you're acting like you're better than everybody. Yet yeah, you, you, you need a savior. You, lady right there, prostitute, 
you were in the street last night. Drugs are still in your system. Hey, you alcoholic over here, you, you, you drank yourself to sleep. Hey, uh, lady right here, you're, you're depressed and you're addicted to prescription. But hey, you uh, over there in the back, you used to be a pastor and, and you quit and, because you, you had a moral failure and, and people kicked you out and you don't think you're good enough. Hey, you uh, back here, homeless guy that nobody, you don't like to go to church because everybody looks at you funny and, and, and you over here or, or maybe you hear or or hear you um, you're acting like you're listening to every word but you got hidden sin in your life and you're pretending like you're very moral and upright and that you're the best worshiper that I got but but truly you're, you're still in the money when I'm not looking he said if all of you know how to take care of your kids and you're capable of giving them good things how much more does the Father who is holy, who is pure, who is sinless, who is great, how much more, you turn it into a question, how much more could you have for me? Are you serious that even on our best day, when we're feeling our most spiritual, when we're when our kids have not been getting on our nerves and we really want to bless them and we take them to the zoo like I did yesterday. And, you know, even on our best day, it still doesn't even compare to the goodness of the Father. It still doesn't even compare. It, it's not even, our goodness is not even worth mentioning by comparison to how much more. You should just ask yourself that question, how much more, God? You've already saved me. You've already set me free. You've already given me your blood. You've already broken your body. How much more? And he's saying, more. And it gets better tomorrow. And, and he's saying, more. Man, and it gets better next, next week. And he says, more. And it gets better because you get a raise. And he said, more. And it gets better because you get a promotion. And he said, yep, more. And even when it's not material things, even when it's an, an, an encounter or even when a boyfriend breaks up with you and you're sad at first, but two weeks later, you're like, thank God. And then you drop by his house, you're like honking. Hey, <laughs> hallelujah. Woo! God is good to me. See, but that's what God does. How much more that even the bad things he turns around. He didn't start it. That wasn't his design, but he can take it and say, you know what? <laughs> See, you're my kid and ain't nobody messing with my kids. They might try to come against you for a little bit, but wow, how much more? Yep, that much more, much more security, much more protection, much more blessing. How much more will our father be good to those who ask? All you got to do is ask. My mama taught me one thing well, which is this, a closed mouth don't get fed. So how much more do you want? How much more of the Father's goodness do you need? Even if you don't want it today, how many of you guys need it? You need it. You're like, man, I need it. I, I don't, it's, I'm beyond wanting it. I, I need it. I don't have it together. If I don't get a good God, if I don't get a touch from heaven, I don't know what I'm going to do when I leave. I need it. I need goodness. I need mercy. I've got enough shame. I've had enough guilt. People have been accusing me and talking bad about me and gossiping and lying on me. I've had enough of that. I need goodness. I need your goodness, God. Will you reject me? Will you send me away? I've been confused about what you're like for so long, but here's Jesus saying, here's what God is like. 
He is good. And how much more good does he want to be? Sometimes it's so good, all you can do is hum. You're like, hmm. <laughs> and you just got to start with this one every now and then.